0: Hello, everyone. We, oh, yes, I, I before introducing um, historically permanent co hosts of this show, I just realized I've learned something. Our show has a name, Tech Stuff. There was eight people. No, no, I, I will tell you this story because it's fun, but first, uh, I will shut up and I will give the microphone first to Zane. Zane.
1: Hey, this is Zane, and uh, actually, Slava.
0: So, sorry, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm recontinuing your topic from before. Uh-huh. But uh, after, after we posted our stuff and uh, went on to Spotify trying to search for Tech Stuff. Did you try to search for Tech Stuff on Spotify? Uh,
0: you will find us, really?
1: You, you, you will find us and
0: you'll find another podcast also called Tech Stuff. Oh, okay. Okay, oh, <laughs> <same
2: thing. laughs>
0: And this second voice that you just hear, that was Sandeep. Sandeep, say hi to everyone.
2: Hello everyone nice talking to you guys again
0: so in the future when uh, there will be people who are listening to us and i don't know zane probably will be in, will be president at that time i don't know which country but maybe maybe this maybe another but, but anyway when zane would be a president uh, these eight people who actually choose the name for this podcast will, will will sit on the couch, looking on the uh, speech during an inauguration of Zane's presidency. Will say, I, I, I impacted his life. Like I voted that day. And because of the name, the podcast got famous, and here's how that guy became a president. I'm pretty sure something like that will happen. Like I don't know who are you eight people who for some reasons actually care about the first episode, but thank you, uh, you just made the history. Yes, you're, you're marking the history already there. So yeah, just just sit on the couch, wait this brilliant moment, uh, and you can like write a book and get rich. (laughs) exactly
2: we are just getting started and there is a long journey and you're already part of our first stop in this train journey
1: just just make sure you're taking detailed memoirs of like what's going on and so you can remember it for posterity
0: yes um okay so who who out of you two guys at least looked on the list of the topic like
2: you know i did look into that There was a few interesting things which I knew. There are a few things which I don't know. For example, I don't know anything about the Apple iTerm update, but I do know about a few stuff on the PyTorch recent release. So it's like mix of what I know a bit, but I really want to learn more about uh, each of those topics. Those are really interesting. Thanks for putting it across and I'm eagerly waiting to listen more, ask more and talk more about those topics.
0: Uh, okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Oh, and
1: I'm I'm actually really interested in the the use only for good license movement. I'm not familiar with that, but it sounds really interesting. And there's a bunch of license movements that have been happening around using open source software and making money off of it. I don't. I'm wondering if that's related to the same issue or if that's a separate one.
0: So uh, you know, guys, uh, like just for the future, for the question, have you looked on the topic? You don't have to spoil like all of them <laughs> immediately. <laughs> that, is, that is it. You, you guys just just listen to second episode of Tech Bye. <laughs> you Bye. You know, you know, no, I, I, I'm kind of joking because likely since I, 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 we we decided to take turns, who will be the host and the host decides topics and the order, uh, and it just happens that today. I will, I will be the, the host again, so sorry for all the listeners, you'll have to bear with me until next time. <laughs> and my topic that I want to start, actually one that was not spoiled yet, so at least there will be some element of the surprise, and hopefully by the end of this topic, you will forget what else we have today. So uh, have you guys uh, heard that Python now is dead, completely dead? And
2: what
0: do you mean by that? <laughs> um, <laughs> is it one at a zoo? It is this Python 3.8 is released and one on in the introduction they introduced this new operator. How do you how do you call this dot dot? Is it oh, called the walrus? This? Walrus, yes, so uh, I, I know like Walrus from Pascal and Pascal not doing super great. I think there is like a uh, um, uh, pattern here, uh, except maybe few languages, everyone who introduced this operator, they just just, just disappeared and died. And uh, yeah, so looks like now Python is, is going to join that list. Obviously I'm joking, but who knows, who knows? Like that is not something that you, you need to take the thing seriously um okay so what's a new thing in 3.8 there is actually two two changes uh, both of them looks very very strange to me uh, so who knows uh, any of you guys know why they introduced walrus or which cases specifically i it do was, not it, it was some really i forget exactly what it was but it seemed like some really
1: obscure common like uh, obscure case that they're trying to make easy to use
0: Yeah. So the idea is like that, like imagine you, uh, you calculating age. So let's say you have an object person and you calculating age of that person. And imagine after this, you need to apply several rules. Like if age is less than blah, uh, you're applying one rule is more than blah. You're applying another rule. And the key here, imagine that you have uh, if inside of an if inside of an if that applies different complex rules. And uh, obviously for each of the consequent uh, embedded ifs, you need to reuse the same variable edge that you have calculated. So it makes sense to calculate it once, save it to a variable, and then reuse variable in all the the logic below. So um, before in Python, uh, you could do it easily. You have, you need to have two lines. One line says h equal something like calculate h. Second line, you can use this variable inside of the if. And the conceptual problem here is uh, inside of the if there should be boolean. So before you cannot do the thing like you can in C, for example. You cannot write if h equal calculate h. So you created variable, you assign the value then you're saying more than 15 or less than 22, or whatever you want, uh, do blah. So you cannot do assignment and uh, subsequent check of this assignment in the same if. That was just impossible in Python. And this effectively enforces you to write one more line. And with this operator, to be honest, I still would like to know why, like I'm not, Using Python that long, so maybe there was a reason, but I would prefer just equal sign. So, yeah, no, why that operator was even
1: needed in the first place? Like, why yeah. couldn't have just done
0: equals, like you said? Yeah. Um, so, now you now effectively you can do two these two things at once. You can say, uh, age, uh, then this operator already forgot what the name was the operator. Walrus. Walrus. Okay. So, you probably can tell who of us native, who is not native speaker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, why are you laughing, Cindy? Be also Ah, oh, no, actually, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, you can say edge walrus calculate edge uh, more than so two do blah, and what is this? will do it. factory will uh, will create variable. will calculate with. Uh, will persist the variable. Then it will do blah. Uh, I don't know. It, when I see changes like that, it feels like language. They just don't know what else to do. Like I, I, I might just, just subjective feeling, but that's, uh, seeing this is a major update to a language. Sure, yeah, why not? But.
1: It, it, it does kind of feel like I either they were running out of ideas <laughs> or, or everything else just looked too hard and they wanted to have some notable update in 3.8. Like, oh, this looks easy uh, enough. Let's toss this in.
2: No, I mean, say for example, uh, Uh, I'm new to Java, and Mm -hmm. I was trying to see a code written down in the team before, and I was seeing some of these functional design patterns that was used. For example, supplier. I didn't know what's the supplier pattern in Java before, and it was introduced, I guess, in Java 8. Uh, No, I mean, much later version for functional support.
0: Uh, Yeah, it was 8,
2: Java 8, yes. Java 8 and above. So, when I see that, It is still possible to just write a getter function in a particular class just to return a value. And uh, the whole explanation for those supplier design pattern was like you need to have a getter method with no uh, parameters or like with only one parameter and you don't return anything. So these are like kind of two lines they use at very high level you feel like yeah i could probably just write another getter with one parameter or just like setter with no return value and it would still achieve the same but there might be some strong reasons around a particular design pattern for a given type of problems right if we take a general server programming this might not be applicable But if you are using a functional programming, solving that particular problem, then it means more applicable to them. And taking analogy, I I don't know about this Python 3.8 Walrus new operator and I haven't used it. So probably I might be wrong, but I feel like with whatever functionality that we use in Python, it might feel like, why do we even need that? And Probably that's right for us. But maybe there are some people who use it so often for a particular problem, they would be very happy saying, oh, okay, I can just do it with one line now. I don't have to write so much of conditional logic, which was taking so much lines of code means more bugs, more conditions.
0: So yeah, if actually a point even PHP is useful language for someone, yeah, kind of buying it for for (laughs) all the product you can can find buyer, yes. Um,
2: No, I'm trying to push you guys to think like uh, what type of problems can be solved with that easily. I mean, it is not something like something was not possible, hence we are introducing this functionality in Python 3.8. It is basically like things are possible, but we are making it easier maybe evolving a language to a particular design pattern. I do not know. So I'm just trying to push you guys to uh, enlighten me. Do you guys think if there are any such problems that requires this and it will be much easier with this operator?
1: I mean, you make a fair point because this, this is really a convenience operator. And I think at least for me, what my a large part of my visceral negative reaction to this operator is just because of how it looks. Exactly. That, <laughs> visually, that's an operator I'm not used to using. If that exact thing had just been done with a simple equal sign and they had implicitly realized, hey, we're supposed to create a variable here, uh, then that would have been us. I would have said, hey, this is really nice, really convenient. And, and frankly, I, mean, I only have to type in one extra character. It's not that like one character makes it very inconvenient. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's it's just uh, probably an an adjustment thing, because none of the languages that I've worked with have this walrus operator, so it just is a little mentally jarring, but I'm I'm sure I'll get used to it (laughs) once I start using it. (laughs)
0: Uh, plus one. I just want to add it so for me, second problem, I still cannot memorize the name of that piece of, of operator of software. <laughs> so yes, I, I don't like how it looks like. It's 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 just just horrible. Uh, but yes, it's it's uh, syntactical sugar for uh, not needing writing one line. True. Yeah. Why? Why not? Uh, yeah, and and then if you don't like the name, you can make up your own name for it.
1: Exclamation marks have so many names for that operator. <laughs>
0: Okay, so who is right now director director of the Python? <laughs> who, is like, who is like the main guy these days, like or, or 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 girl or person? So whoever you are, like we don't approve. <laughs> Just go back. See,
2: and I should say that at the beginning of this show, we did tell that we are all not very active Python users. So when you say we don't approve, probably people have to kind of put a star next to it, and yeah. then take the decision as strongly as they want to. Oh,
0: sure. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so, so let's actually move to a second, second so, big deal in Python. And yes. the,
1: the director is,
0: I'm probably butchering his name horribly, but it's,
1: his name is Guido Van Rossum. Oh, Guido, he, Guido, of course.
0: He's the
2: one who created Python.
0: Yes. Yes, uh, but That's I nice. thought he no longer actively, in, uh, actively. I thought the community well, now moving the whole, the whole community, community. So oh, community. Maybe. Listen.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he's no longer like the
0: dictator, but yeah. he's
1: a member of the Python Steering Council.
0: Oh, Steering Council. Okay, dear Steering Council. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Yes, but uh, thank you. Yeah, Guido is, is a cool guy. Uh, is, is he still in Google, by the way? I don't know. There's no reference to Google on Facebook. There's Dropbox reference. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's move to the next next big thing in Python uh, because we we kind of allocated too much too much time for this change, which is reasonably small, even though it's the first time. There was the second change. Second change I actually kind of liked. Kind of liked. They play with it already, and I have some some complaints. But I kind of liked. It. So the second change uh, change is the following one. Uh, wait. Let me ask. Who of you guys have used named parameters uh, in Python? Yeah. Okay. Have you ever made a mistake by uh, using them in uh, ordering style and just pa- passing by order first, second, sort instead of name, and then find yourself uh, in find yourself with a problem because you messed up the order? Have anyone? Uh... No, I'm too nitpicky to do
1: it for that.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think uh, I have been through that. For example, uh, uh, it was a, a convolutional layer operator. And mm-hmm. uh, each of the parameters takes the tensor. Like one mm-hmm. is uh, image, one is the weights, one is the bias. So basically, like uh, there is no way uh, uh, you could not make a mistake if you're not careful. So, and also, interestingly, in that problem, since everything is a tensor, basically, it's a matrix, if you just do multiply, it it just works. It doesn't fail even at the runtime. If you only recognize that issue only when there is a mismatch in shape or probably the final result, when you see it's kind of like a logical error, so you try to debug. So, it's not even runtime error. So, I was in that pretty bad shape with uh, that particular uh, topic that you brought up.
0: Okay, so so yes so now there is a kind of solution so they introduced ability syntactically separate uh, parameters on three groups one parameters that uh, should be only positional so they should be passed as a position first parameter. So imagine let me give you an example you have a method that's doing X plus y. And then you have additional uh, conditional variables like X plus Y. And then, for example, round it for, or something like this. Do a rounding or if it's more than particular value, uh, just do a um, quantization something like that. You have many conditions. So now you can say that X and Y should be positional arguments because technically you don't care if you mess up the order there. And then you can enforce any other arguments uh, to be named arguments. You can say everything else should be passed by name, and if you're not passing them by name, uh, it just will not work. And also, uh, you can actually, there is three groups. A positional, uh, enforced named call, and middle one is can be either positioned or, or positional or named argument. So we have these three groups. Uh, unfortunately, I, I tested and it's impossible to write a method that would enforce all the method to be named. Or like oh, really? you, you cannot use this this uh, special character in the end. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of strange. Um, one of this character, or you, uh, I forgot what uh, what it was. Either you cannot enforce everything to be positional because now we need to put this new character that they introduce in the end, and it just doesn't work. It assumes always that it's in the middle, so it's separating one group from another group, which means that they cannot enforce saying that it should be uh, only one group should, should, should be allowed, Something like that. Well, so look the example.
1: You, you can effectively force that there are no named characters. Uh, if you no have a name. slash. Yeah, so if you have a slash at the end, you're saying, hey, everything has to only be positional.
0: Oh yeah, I want everyone to be named. Like I don't want positional. Like the the Python doesn't have static types, so I don't want positional arguments. Like who who in right. the in the dynamic language decided to do positional arguments? Yes, <laughs> that's like danger, danger zone. <laughs> Um, and yeah we, we now uh, we now even have a use case like sandeep mentioned so, so that yeah it's possible especially in the uh, in the languages like especially in deep learning cases yeah there is many cases like that there okay this is this is actually the second update uh, out of the biggest so what do you guys think about this particular particular feature
2: uh, i think from uh, from my usage This would be really helpful and uh, this means a bit of trouble moving from previous convenience to being more formalized in your programming and then making everything named and handling these cases. But I would say that that's going to make the software robust and it's going to save a lot of time in future where you are lucky if there is runtime issues but you are going to be like really unlucky if it is going to be logical issues like I met, which you won't even recognize. Even after shipping your code, only when, uh, users are using, they will recognize oh, this looks like totally strange than what I expected as an output. And even when that user is intelligent enough to know what is expected output. So it can go too long, uh, if not caught early. So I am very happy with this change
1: yeah this is this change especially if if there really is a way and maybe we just haven't looked into it enough if there is a way to force all named arguments or something that Mm -hmm. would be useful especially because there's it'll just prevent people from doing bad practices which hopefully many of them are not doing anyways like how certain libraries have 20 parameters you don't really want anyone to use positional arguments for all 20 of those (laughs) parameters exactly so given the python the Python way, it's it makes sense to like put extra guardrails on the language.
0: Um, yeah, hopefully Python will involve and finally will be a full full Java, which just maybe some 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 small difference from Java in like ten years from now. I'm, I'm pretty sure they are moving that way. Uh, they already have type type hinting, so enforcement the types is not that 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 far away. Uh, I, I really like how this have this converging. Uh, so soon we will probably have to find another language that uh, that uh, people who just want to to to, to become engineer in today's have to learn. I don't know what <laughs> it will be, but Python like in five years from now it will not be Python. Uh, oh. Anyway, yes. Oh,
1: oh, 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 all the fun stuff is optional, right? So you can still choose to ignore it.
0: Uh, hopefully, yes. You, you, you're right. Yes, probably this will will remain, but. Yeah, you're right, you're right. I, I, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming. Just would be so nice. Like I, I just... Uh, I have a very bad relationship with dynamic languages. It's
2: just mm-hmm.
0: not playing nicely in the long run. In the short run, sure, but... Uh, <laughs> okay, so let, let, let's end this topic on this. So go and try 3.8. Uh, made your mind about this. Um, but yeah, you have to live with it. You have to live with it, so... Uh, deal with this. Now uh, let's uh, jump to uh, policy. policy uh, there is another topic about policy. Uh, I, I really would like to to hear your opinion guys and then probably maybe we'll have something short as the last topic. So, Around me in the Twitter I see many many people who more and more start doing crazy things with their licenses. Like they literally I've seen already a license that says this is GPL license only it cannot be used by any government. I've seen licenses that it cannot be used by Department Defense. So I, I, I've seen mm. uh, very, very strange licenses, and I completely against that. Like a, a, against this, uh, yes, against this movement, if you want. Uh, and I actually very afraid that the people who pushing this movement about. Uh, putting in the license where and for what uh, packages can be used for, they're kind of pushy, and they're, they're noisy, noisy from the perspective that they can actually, um, by even maybe being a minority, I don't know how many of them, they can actually enforce it and push it. It's, it's the people who are going and proactively, uh, proactively starting issues on the GitHub, oh, you're supposed to add uh, that file, like not the term of service, the code of conduct or something else, that just literally spending days on only this thing. And recently GitLab tries to push back. And GitLab done a pretty cool thing. They actually said that now in our terms of services, we're explicitly saying that whoever is using GitLab, we might not be on the same page with you. I don't remember that wording. We might not share your beliefs, but we're not going to prevent you from using GitLab. This created a, a, like a storm of the of, 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 uh, opposite side of the community. that never said, No, how? Like, what are you doing? There might be um, uh, some component to NumPy that is going to end up in some rocket. Uh, how come? And this actually reminds me before I, so, sorry, guys, I, 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 I will ask your opinion. But this reminds me, any clause like this, that you should not be using this software for bad things, remind me Asimov. If if you have not, if sorry listeners, but now going to be small spoiler. Like if you have not read Azimov, go and read it. But the spoiler: he has a series of books about robotics. He's the one who designed this trio law of robot of robotics that robot uh, should not uh, do a harm a human, uh, should not uh, uh, avoid person to come to
1: harm from action
0: exactly it should not harm himself at the last person and mm-hmm. in one of the books i don't remember which one the one of the robots uh, that were already more uh, self um, self-conscious uh, spent several 20 or 30000 years trying to figure out how to prove that particular action of the robot have not consequently, consequently done harm to humanity in the long run uh, because, like, if I'm sitting on this chair, uh, who knows? Maybe this particular movement has done a small damage to a structural this building that will consequently destroy the building where people in this in this building and will uh, will get some will we'll kill some. So
2: how you Is it timed? Say, for example, uh, the action within this many number of years, or is it like infinite?
0: Oh, but the thing is, the three rules are generic like this. So you should not okay. do harm to a human. And that's it. So it's generic. Therefore, he he thought like logical chain was. So I need to prove that any of my action not doing any harm. So how to prove it? Uh, and they end up like introducing uh, rule zero. And then, uh, but I don't want to spoil more. This is exactly the same thing. Like just imagine if you're putting a rule, this should not be used by blah, and you actually cannot define blah and this is a nightmare if you're trying to build the services on top of this of this library that uh, you don't even know how it will be used on the other side completely uh, so the, this moment for me is is a horrible moment i don't personally think that uh, uh, open source community should be enforcing how and who using this this software even though i do be afraid with latest uh, moment of society this will be the case and we will see consequences very soon. As soon as people start realizing how much power they have with licenses, that would be, that would be a storm. Um, yeah. So,
1: I mean, right? it's it's a it's an interesting issue, and there's multiple dimensions to it. I mean, at one aspect, it's the question of, on an individual basis, does the person have the right to do this? Uh, two, like, if they if they do this, will it really even have an impact on on their own users? Will it have a chilling impact on the open-source community as a whole? It's not a possibility. Uh, would this even achieve that the aims that these people have of creating this kind of license addendums? Because one, one of the benefits of the licenses right now, when you have like these standard licenses, is that you just know, hey, if the license says GPL or MIT, then I know I can use it, no need to dig deeper. Uh, But if you have to start checking for these addendums, then that can have a chilling impact on your usage of that license, which would effectively end up meaning that you would freeze your usage of that package to whatever version of the package was last released without that addendum attached. So it's not that it would necessarily cripple anyone, but you would, people would stop using the later versions of your package, similar to how Amazon stopped using the later version of like... Dynamo? F- Dynamo, Dynamo yeah, exactly. for Dynamo DB. so it's not necessarily that... Oh, sorry, that, sorry,
0: sorry. MongoDB. No, not Dynamo, it was some red, Mongo, red...
1: MongoDB. MongoDB, yeah, that's the yes. one. So it's not necessarily like chilling the MongoDB ecosystem, but suddenly the people who put that addendum on their license are having to fight harder to stay relevant because the consumers of the package can just say, hey, I'm, I'm happy with the version that I was at. It was good enough. Um, I would rather stick with this than have to comply with your license.
2: I mean, that's an interesting point. I was thinking through the same. For example, like, I mean, uh, blindly speaking, it's like you said, individual choice, they have put the effort, they own that IP, which they have created through their hard work. So they have the right to control where it needs to be or where it can be used. That's a different story. But second thing is like, if you think much broader picture around the usage, like you exactly said, there are terminologies like MIT license, Apache license, and people have accustomed to that for a really long time now uh so putting additional addendums will definitely create a lot of unintended consequences for example maybe like some organization using a particular project did not recognize that additional addendum added abruptly in a particular version which was not there even before Uh, i could definitely foresee such issues happening uh but Like conveniently saying, like you, Slava, uh, like you said, uh, you do not approve on this. Probably it might be like case-to-case basis. For example, the whole process of doing this, if it is based on the end goals, like if it is formalized. For example, Apache is a formalized establishment which says... Open source is necessary for this and this needs to be handled in this format. It has its own Apache guidelines and any project that becomes Apache open source project follows that guideline. Similar to that, if there is a formalized governance with a purpose, with the steps and with kind of like a governing body which evolves the beliefs, which is right today, probably may not be right tomorrow, but there should be a governing body which formalizes evolving that system as well if there is such formality then i think it's not wrong uh uh, maybe it might be like just evolution of certain certain degrees of freedom for the software developers and they have a choice and there is a formalization around like how they decide on whether to go with that or not go with that
1: it it almost sounds like you're proposing like a new license type, which is like GPU exactly. with ethics clause, exactly. and and everyone's using the exact same ethics class because I mean, then you have the standardization.
2: Exactly. I mean, like I, what I'm, yeah, exactly. like you said, uh, if we have a formalization, then it means there is a purpose, there is a way of doing things, and there is a vast majority of people following that, and there is a governing body around that. So there is this evolution. There are no abrupt things happening. There are no one individual running with their own agenda. So there is a lot of things that comes, which is a good evolution on a particular topic and then even the mechanisms of adopting such changes becomes easier both for open source projects or the adopters of those open source projects maybe defense or anyone else but it could not be like blindly say that okay this may not be wrong that's what i think
1: yeah the 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 way it sounds like things are going from what slava from what i'm hearing from slava uh, that standardization will be a tricky thing and take a while because there's at least I, I don't know the situation this is the first time hearing of it but it sounds like people are taking their peeves and like their pet peeves and if they're upset they don't like what the government is doing what the defense department is doing they say hey you can't use it if you're this entity or that entity so getting a consensus around what should be blocked in the ethical license might be a little bit tricky but it's not an but that, that would no. be the challenge that would need to be
2: overcome. Yeah, what I meant by formalization can be like, for example, blindly saying it cannot be used in defense is kind of informal, according to me. But formality could be like, this cannot be used for, say, nuclear weapons, being very specific on that. Maybe... Sorry, outcome on. of that, of that formalization, which uh, is more specific with a specific agenda and then... Helps people to realize like what they are blocking, actually by using those licenses. Uh,
0: I, I want to, to, to give several comments on you guys' um, uh, chat around this. Uh, first, uh, I want to mention that uh, a, a sandeep uh, Sandeep point in the beginning that owners can do whatever the owners want. Actually, not exactly. The. the uh, with licenses, it's like immutability. You are not the owner of current state. You can create new state and change the license. This is, for example, why Amazon have created IPi clone of MongoDB because they just took the la- latest state that has previous previous license, and that state no longer belongs to, to to that particular creator. Creator give up his or her rights to community with the license. Therefore, uh, therefore, they can literally try to kill any other project. Like, I don't know, remember if you, uh, if you guys remember this case with OpenOffice/slash LibreOffice. There was a case many, many years ago when in, uh, uh, there is an Office suit for Linux uh, for these 2% who are using Linux on desktop. You guys probably know there is a LibreOffice there, analog of Microsoft Office. And some time ago, it was an OpenOffice. And uh, I don't remember. I think it's Red Hat or whoever uh, owned an open office. I tried to relicense it, and community me- immediately created a fork, LibreOffice, and killed completely open office within a, within um, within a half a year, I think. So the very similar thing could happen here. So you're not you're not the owner. You you, you give up your rights with a license. But uh, what I'm afraid here uh, is people who can create license, They are not legal experts. First of all, I uh, I don't like uh, them to be to, in, to 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 start enforcing where the program uh, their software can be used. I don't like this concept. First of all, but even if we do accept the fact that obviously in the free country people can do whatever they want, yes, they can apply any license, but they're not a legal expert. This creates tons of problems. For example, Sandeep, you mentioned this cannot be used for nuclear weapons. Sure. How you will prove that your future service, let's say you created a company A, you're providing a service, the end customer is not using it for, for, for nuclear web?
2: That exactly answers your first question, right? Which no one of us disagree. Basically, like you are trying to apply a license or put a control only on the future versions. Definitely, it's not going to impact on the past. So community is still free and even the person who is applying that uh, license do recognize that people can actually fork at that point and then probably diverge. But what he's trying to protect is from now on after my realization of this particular thing, what I'm trying to say is from now on all my efforts is controlled by this license. I'm not saying like I need to control everything that happened even in the past. I'm just controlling what is going to happen from now. And with that analogy, like you said, If I am building a service today, I Mm can apply control on, uh, say, I want to renew my license to something else, which is more restrictive on saying specific things, then I'm only free to do from now on. And I will make sure legally that from now on it cannot be used for say nuclear weapons, like the examples we said. And probably there might be my customers who is using my services from the past versions and still using it. And I'm okay with that. Because I'm just trying to say from now on, which is which makes sense. And second thing, like you said, people can be like really misunderstanding what to apply, where to apply, and they are not legal experts. That's the exact point that I was trying to say, where there needs to be a formalization and standardization of such licenses. And I totally agree with you that it cannot be like individuals just going on adding an addendum, like. Personally, I feel this cannot be used in defense or in government, which is like absurd. That I agree. What I'm saying is like if there is a formal process, if there is if there are legal experts involved. When I say formal process, though are those are the people who will definitely be involved, then I don't think it is wrong or it is not absurd. so uh,
1: oh, go ahead. Well, and just just related to the idea of whether or not it's okay for a person to say that their software cannot be used in certain uh, areas, basically going forwards. There's a lot of precedence in both in software and in businesses in general to be able to say, hey, I will not serve X category of people. Uh, Just in software, we've got uh, addendums which say, hey, I mean, first just closed source software that says, hey, uh, you have to pay us to be able to use our stuff. And even with open source software, there's licenses that are more restrictive, which say, hey, if you want to use anything of our software, you have to make your entire software open source, uh, even if like, right? So that, that there's stuff like that, which adds other restrictions on the behaviors of the people who are using the software.
0: No, no, uh, no, it's not dating behavior. It's, it's uh, uh, None of these prescribe where and how you can use it.
1: Well, if you look at uh, other things, let's not talk about software that you're shipping, uh-huh. but services that people offer. Look at Facebook. Facebook can put limitations of, of on what people can do on their platform. YouTube does that. They, like, they don't let you put uh, pictures of like extreme amounts of violence, for example. Uh, and there's other categories, similar categories, which companies uh, will say, Hey, look, these are lines that you cannot cross. And some of the lines are fuzzy and people will push back and say, Hey, why did you think I crossed onto the other side of the line? This should have been okay. But as a service, as someone offering a service to someone else, uh, I think we as society generally agree that, Hey, it is okay to say, I will not offer my services to these certain categories. Even a restaurant, if they say that, Hey, this person's being uh, disruptive, even though they're not being violent, if they're being disruptive, we reserve the right to refuse service
0: uh i i by the way i i also don't like this this fact that uh yeah that someone deciding what is acceptable for me or not but anyway you, you i think you're mixing services and software in one particular particular thing yes the services we as a society converge that there should be some moderation of 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 thing that the people of, of thing that the people can do there. even government i think um I forgot what was the Man, I didn't reread that article I think Dane you also shared with me article about um ah, anyway the uh, strategy uh, article about uh government
1: moderating content yes, on yes. facebook
0: and stuff uh there uh, yeah I through the article I was trying to recall a particular norm that's um, that was referring and the adjustment uh, but platform
1: versus infrastructure
0: no they, they are, the inside of the article they were speaking about the article inside of the article speaking anyway i will come back to the topic i will do my homework but let's close uh, uh Cause, cause if, oh, I, I
1: think what you're referring to was like how in the article it said that if you are providing infrastructure to other people uh the, the article was making the ethical statement that if you're providing core infrastructure without which other people cannot uh make their voice heard then you are more obligated to allow people to use that infrastructure versus if you're being a platform and there are other platforms available, you have full rights to, uh, you're well within your right to restrict other people's content. Or I think that's, I'm assuming that's what what you're referring to.
0: Yeah, but my I was referring to actual legal part of that. I was interesting, so I was interesting in the legal aspect because there is a part of the of the law system in the U.S. that actually says, uh, more or less. I'm not a legal expert, so take me this in the ground of soul That actually says to anyone, you either should not be doing any pre-moderation of your content, moderation at all or you're responsible for all content on your platform you cannot be in the middle you're gonna mm. say oh I I kind of don't like that and then say for another content oh it's users who posted so I no longer so if you're doing any type of moderation you can no longer play this card that oh it's users who posted I forgot the part of the uh, which which particular legal document described this but the interesting part if you read on the Uh, ruling of the of the courts uh, on the adjustment the court actually mentioned that they do have intention to provide these gray areas they explicitly said that they want to have a a clause for how they call it for um, well-intended citizens or something like that It's actually companies that do want to provide some moderation for the sake of the community and at the same time they, they have no ability to moderate everything so they're not supposed to be responsible for this so something on this line so even the US government gives, gives the signal that they do want to have this middle ground uh, But I think we're far away from the original topic. I want to make a prediction. I'm pretty sure what will happen in the the next five years. Uh, There will be uh, several projects that will just randomly pick very horrible license. Uh, uh, These projects will be killed by forks. Uh, Then everyone will standardize on some uh, so vague and generic license that effectively all the use cases will remain. And we will just move on.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think what you're saying right now is really the the real question that is worth asking in the situation of people trying to set up their custom licenses. What is what is the likely effect in society? And just like you said right now, the most likely effect is if the license is is uh, hard to understand or is risk. People consider that license risky. People will fork the version that they were on before that did not have that license, and the uh, maintainers who are trying to maintain the risky version, the the modified license version, that that will fade into obscurity until there is a standard, uh, like something Sandeep was talking about. There's some standard that develops, which everyone can then rally around. Yep.
0: Okay, so let's finish on this, and five years from now, we will check prediction. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: I I feel that uh, there will be like few projects that would make such kind of changes like you said, but also there will be really a big number of these projects that would make a U-turn. I mean, they revert those changes on the licenses after certain impact, maybe on the usage, maybe on the forks. There can be hundreds of events that could happen post this, and then they would definitely go back because I'm pretty sure lot of big successful open source project is not run by one person and they are definitely not insane. They definitely (laughs) are a lot more mature to understand and do what the open source community and people want. So even if they change their mind now, they will definitely change their mind back in the future if they see that's not the right thing to do. So I'm very confident that these people are flexible. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's a, there's a strong movement that's generally happening uh, around, so it's kind of like socialist uprising or social uprisings mm. around uh, against what people perceive as uh, evil and, and badness in the world. And this is like a a, a reaction people are having to that. And, and not all reactions will prove to be effective, and this and some will probably be. Uh, people will realize that, hey, this was not the way right way to react. And then this is probably going to be one of the ones, one of those type of things. But maybe it'll, 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 uh, people will reconverge re-con- uh, on a more useful outlet.
2: You're spot on, Zane. I feel that this has uh, evolution, like no open source, then open source, then more managed services and managed software, which is built on top of open source. I mean, I could see an analogy of evolution of things happening and it's a licensed one like totally free bit restricted and then kind of restricted where you also make other people to open source their project which uses this open source project there are different why do we think there are so many flavors of licenses so similar to that there this is just another evolution which is going to evolve and then there will be some licenses that will be new from what we see today in this direction but may not be like everything is that standard mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so we converse that we are for everything good and against everything bad. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's let's keep it at that, at that point. By the
2: way, you were mentioning about a book. I was very interested and I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners will be as well around mm-hmm. that robot for good. What's that? Can you repeat again? What's the book oh, name? Oh,
0: uh, Isaac Azimov is the author. Just 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 Google Azimov. Um, yeah, I, I actually- Many short stories.
1: Yes. I, should, I should
2: definitely it. read that thanks for letting us know and i'm pretty sure many of our listeners will also be
1: yeah if you've ever seen the movie iRobot, that was based on his uh book series ah, read, the, read okay. the book
0: read the book first like yes read the book first as <laughs> usually as usually uh, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, okay so uh today uh there was several hosts with me zane your last words today
1: all right everyone uh take care do good and have foresight.
0: <laughs> uh, Sanjeev.
2: Thanks guys. I enjoyed and uh, I'm pretty sure uh, our listeners as well, a lot of homework for me as well, because you guys introduced me to a lot of new topics, new keywords, new interesting things that I need to go and do my background work on. So I'm definitely going to be busy till we meet next time. There are a lot of things that I could learn from this uh, session.
1: You're going to be really busy with SMO's books too.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's why I asked Lava to repeat that again, because I'm really interested to know. And it's, uh, it sounds very interesting.
1: Yeah, so so some of those books are like, really fun, because they're written in like, I think the 30s or 50s, something like that and he's imagining future technologies and in some ways they're very futuristic and in some ways they look horribly primitive now.
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure our host Lava will shut us down because we <laughs> yes, are I, I, I dream going back to topic. <laughs> So let's stop before he asks us this stuff.